welcome everyone to episode 92 of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with Indie Arcade Wave, and I just want to say thank you for checking us out. If you like what we're doing here at Indie Arcade Wave, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Helps us a ton, helps us grow, and we can just keep riding the wave. So this week, we're going to dive back into arcades. It's been, what, two, three weeks since we've talked about arcades. Um, and I'm going to talk to Ash, who's the co-owner of Beercade 2 in Omaha, Nebraska, and his bar manager, Andy. And we're just going to dive into this arcade. I went a couple weeks ago, and we played in the Killer Queen tournament, the first one we ever played in, showed off Galactic Battleground, and had an absolute blast here. So here's Ash and Andy. How you guys doing? Doing great. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm glad to talk to you guys finally. Ash, we've been talking about it for a little bit here. Um, and Andy, I hadn't even met you yet, and Ash was like, he's our video game nerd. He knows way more than I do, so... I'm really happy that we were able to get you on here too to chat. Now, that's not a that's not a green screen behind me. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the whole setup and everything behind him. So we'll just jump right in. Uh, Beercade Two is what we're talking about, and I love the shirt. I've got the sticker, super dope. But let's just uh, have you guys introduce yourselves. So, what do you do? Where'd you get started? Stuff like that. Uh, I'll introduce myself. I'm uh, Ash Preheim. I had started a Beercade up in Benson here in Omaha, 12 years, well, I moved here 12 years ago to build it and open it as a general manager and ended up buying in. And now we are opening our second location here in Omaha. We've been here for not quite three years, um, but my path here has been long and I've learned a lot, but I've also uh, realized that it's a lot more work than I thought, but I still love it. And so that's a, pretty great job to just show up and have fun at work and i can't say that there's many of those that i've had in my past yeah and uh my name is andy um i started um basically when beercade 2 was like still in the planning phases um i have been trying to break in to beercade for a long time but uh there's tons and tons of loyal employees there that were never going to leave so basically, my first chance to get in there was um, once Beercade 2 started getting talked about. And I made it a point to make sure that Ash knew that I wanted to work there uh, because I am very into arcades. As Ash said, I bought my first Miss Pac-Man when I was like 16 years old and I've never looked back. So. Yeah, I mean, sounds like uh, you've got a good fit there, Andy. And Ash, you've got a good guy behind the bar. Um Let's just sure. dive a little bit deeper into how Beercade started. Like you said, you were a general manager at the first one, and then you branched off to the second one. Like, where did that all begin? And when were you like, I need to run my own? And how did you go about doing it? Well, that this might be a little long, but uh, essentially, I was asked. I've worked for uh, behind the bar as a bartender for many years for my two partners that I have here, and um, actually, really just the one, but. Uh, I, we have a 20 plus year history of me working for him and his name's Alex. And then uh, his partner, John, came back from Iraq and had, I think he just had some capital that he was willing to invest. So he kind of moved from what Lincoln is a city just down, the, you know, an hour away from here in Omaha. And that's where I'm from. And at the time they were like, hey we like your work ethic. We think you could do a good job running a bar. We we want to open a new Jake's and that's a bar that they had for a long time. And um, without going into all of that stuff, essentially they were like, Hey, we have an idea. We just want to open this cigar bar. And I said, I'm in, you know, I'll move. And 
And then I said, but what about if we do this? Now this was, the planning phase was like 2009. This is, you know, before we even, I mean, there was no, we didn't have a place yet. It was, it was just a thought. And, um, and so I was like, well, this is my idea. Let's, let's open an arcade. That's just like a throwback to what we used to love, but it sells beer. We thought, you know, we weren't the first one to come up with this idea, of course, but it was pretty early on. And then at some point we, uh, I got their approval and they're like, let's do it. And we ended up opening this really small location. And, and I mean, we, I think we had four pins and 14 arcades. I mean, and I, what's funny is when I remember looking back at those days, I'm like, what were, what were we thinking? Why did we think that was going to work? But it did. Uh, and so uh, that was, we unlocked our doors. And that was 2000, uh, 2000, March of 2012, I believe. And then two years later, we realized we made a mistake. We didn't have enough square footage. So then we actually moved that location just one door down when my partners had the capital to buy the building that came up for sale next door. And then that was where Beercade and Benson is now. And, uh, and then, you know, there was a long eight more years of me working there before I was like, Hey guys, like I got to get it in the skin in the game or I just like, we're going to have to find a new GM. And they, they had to ponder that because, I mean, it's, you know, we got to find a new location, blah, blah, blah. So they said no to that spot. And I said, well, let's do another one then and, and cut me in. And, and that was kind of the progression. So um, I know that I could seriously talk about that for like an hour about how difficult that those 10 years were. But the brief statement was that I, I just, I, I was kind of burning out and I was like, I'm not going to do this for, gee, I need to have skin in the game. And that really is how it ended up. And so here we are. And it's been great. It's been great. Yeah, I'm glad that you were able to get another location and get everything figured out and get a little more presence in it. And, you know, it's you have a little more freedom with this location. I remember talking to you when, when we were there for the tournament that you didn't really think that they would go for a killer queen at the other location. But at this one, you had the freedom to put it in and try it out and run tournaments. And sure. I was talking to Andy about getting the capture card and everything. Uh, when did you get involved, Andy? And like you, you mentioned that you wanted to get into the first Beercade, but totally couldn't. Um, why were you so interested in Beercade? Uh, that that is an easy, easy answer, and that is because I am absolutely just in love with arcade games. Um, I always have been. Uh, I mean, I'm a console gamer too, obviously, but um, my my life. It's always been about arcades. I mean, when I was younger, when I when I got I got my driver's license just so I could go to the arcade more often. Essentially, we would show up there at night, play DDR or whatever, and then move upstairs. They had a room at the arcade uh, in Omaha that was a classics room, and we would play Donkey Kong, Pac Man, Gauntlet, stuff like that. And uh, that's just kind of been my life the in- forever. And then I started drinking. And then all of a sudden the arcade bar concept shows up and uh, it, it, I was like, well, that's where I need to be. Obviously um, I was working at a spot right down the street from Beercade. I would show up at Beercade every day, right after my shift, I worked lunch 
and uh, I would always basically complain to Ash about how I didn't like their work ethic at the place that I worked at and kind of just trying to tell him like, Hey, if I worked for you, I would, I would, I would give it, give it my all. And apparently it works, I guess. So that's, that's my story. Brought you in as the bar manager and now you get to work at Beercade too. So um, I, I love didn't, every day of that. I, do. I didn't make it over to Beercade one. Um, the first one we were just, it's a little bit out of the way from where we were staying super close to Beercade two. And with everybody there for KQ, why would we even need to go to the other one? Yeah. Um, I guess uh, there's a few re- fun house would be one, one answer to that question in my mind, but um, I guess kind of going off what you said originally with DDR being the first thing you played to, that was the first thing I went to in Beercade two. Like I was like, I haven't seen a DDR in an arcade for too long. Got to play it. Um, walk me through the games you guys have. Like, I know you have a pretty good selection of pins. You've got an indie, you've got some old stuff. Um, let us know what you have and why people should visit. I'll start that one. I'll let Annie take it after this, but um, there is kind of a, there has, I call it curating. I know maybe that's a little too, you know, too much, but I feel like a lot of places are too focused old school and, or too focused new school. Uh, I mean, we have a David Busters in town here and which is, and they have great stuff. I love that place. Uh, but, you know, like, the, do they have, like, eyes, you know? So there is a, a thing here. There is a conscious decision <laughs> when allowed that what is working in this shop um, to bring in. And it's not all because I'll tell you, if I if I if I took DDR out, I would hear there would be no end to the complaints. But if I brought in uh, uh, or if I took Galaga out, the same complaint would happen. So there is kind of, we got to appeal to, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm 46 I, I, and we have a much older clientele than me. And I'm like, man, where are all the cool old games? Uh, but so there is some rhyme and reason that it's kind of a mixed bag and that is intentional. Um, and I hear, you know, we hear complaints all day that, oh, where, why did you take this game out? Well, usually it's because it broke and, and we needed to put it in the shop and recap monitor, you know, I mean, a myriad of problems. But um, but what we what comes back in is hopefully to kind of replace that, um, you know, the missing part of where that era was. So it's a mixed bag here, but nothing's in mo- super modern. You're not going to find, you know, Luigi's Mansion or some... I don't know, 3D glasses game or anything like that. So I'll let Andy take the, the rest from that. Well, uh, I'm I'm just, honestly, I'm happy that you mentioned Eyes because that's totally the first one I'm going to mention. You know, um, I met some people yesterday that were from another arcade bar, which I love when that happens. Um, and my question is always like, what is the game that you have that you're like, what, 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 like, what's your, what's your mascot game? You know, obviously like Attack from Mars, uh, as far as pinball goes or Galaga, as far as arcade games go, like those are like two of the best of the types of games that they are. But um, what's cool is when you have a game that not everybody else has. I always notice when people are traveling to our arcade, they spend a lot of time playing Popeye and roller games 
uh, two pinball machines that we love. Not everybody loves. <laughs> There's definitely some haters out there, but uh, it always it always kind of pleases me to see people playing that because I know the reason why they are is because anybody that has good credit can start their own arcade bar and just get whatever the eight newest stern pinball machines are and uh you know a buck hunter or whatever anybody could do that but uh you have to you to get something like roller games or popeye you got to be you got to know got to know the pinheads and uh we do so um i was planning on talking about eyes which i do believe is our best success story ever but uh, those those pinballs, the the obscure pinballs, are some of my favorites. But we all, but the important thing is we also have all the bases covered: Galaga, Pac Man, Attack from Mars, Adams Family pinball is one of our most recent additions that we're super happy about. Too, I noticed so. that right away. <laughs> uh, that was uh, one of the happiest days of my entire Beer K two career, except that it was in a basement, and we it was really hard to get out, but. Aside from that, and that it broke right away. All right. Well, that's my answer. <laughs> gotcha. So, you uh, know, another thing about the pinball, too, is that um, a lot of, you know, there's pinballs kind of coming back. I mean, there's a lot of bars that you can go play one or two machines at. And, yes, of course, they're all routed brand new Sterns. And it's not that I dislike those games. It's just that there's so much more that people haven't been exposed to that are really great games. And, I mean, obviously they're not cheap. So, you know, I always weigh with I, – I, I am proud of our pinball lineup here because um, – and it is mostly Bally, Midway, you know, Williams, Williams. Uh, older focused. However, it's not because I'm – not in love with some stern games it's just that they're so common that i kind of want a, a lineup that's a little more unique that you know because if i mean i could we could go down the last like 12 20 stern games that came out and i could tell you exactly where to go to play them. and i can't tell you where to go play uh roller games or even junkyard or uh i mean even adam's family and so that is another focus of our pinball lineup is kind of like, let's not just get the newest thing every time. Let's like, you know, let's travel a little bit, and pick something up that we know is good. Yeah. I think that's an excellent point. Cause I mean, like Andy said, I, I noticed right away when you guys had that Adams family, I was like, this is cool. And I also noticed that you had the uh, guns and roses from Jersey Jacks. I don't think I've ever seen a Jersey Jacks machine in an arcade. And when I spoke to him, he, he said that, the target is definitely the home market. Like that's who they're aiming for. And it's cool right. to see it in an arcade. Cause I couldn't get my hands on it. You know, I, I don't have right. 15, 20 grand to buy the cabinet. So um, playing it there was, was really cool. And I was happy to see that. And I thought it was cool that you guys are still um, on quarters. Uh, not a lot of arcades are doing that anymore, especially arcades that also serve alcohol. Um, they usually just do like a free play or you buy two drinks, whatever you're in. Um, what games do you guys notice that earn really, really well? Like for someone who's just starting to open an arcade, what games are you like, you should put this in just to kind of get over the initial hump of starting and this game will consistently earn you money. Well, <laughs> and again, granted, every market's different. So that's going to be, uh, it's, it's going to be unique 
to your market. But uh, ski ball here is just like I can't. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I, I if I had to open just a ski ball bar, it might actually work. I don't know. Um, I do, think but. <laughs> but ski ball definitely earns that four player pack man from Namco is just always consistent, always great. Um, return on investment is f- through the roof. Um, as far as like, I mean, pinball is so much maintenance that it's really hard to quantify exactly what your income is on it because you're underneath it every day. And, and it's also a, just a giant headache, which is, I'm okay with because I love what I do, but like if you are faint of heart, like that will be if you have to pay a guy every time to come out and like call him and wait, and uh, you know if you don't have the keys, like if you don't own the machine and you you have just some guy come out and route it, yeah, like it's I mean balls are air balls, everything about pinball is super complicated and hard to maintain, but they do earn pretty well. And like I said, I don't know how to quantify what the maintenance on it is. You know, you, you just like have a back room full of parts. You just go grab what you need when you need it. But at some point you're like, I can tell you a really funny story. One day, uh, old, old, old beer cake days, uh, one of our really good players came in and put 50 cents in one game and something went wrong. And he, I think it was a flipper or something. And he's like, oh, whatever. He moves. I refund him. He moves to the next game. <laughs> he broke something on that, and then moved to the next game. And this happened to be the day after I, uh, or the day that I actually counted the money down on all of them. So there's no quarters inside. And I'm fixing them right behind this guy. And and not only did I refund him, but there was a dollar fifty in the three games that he broke. And I was like, this literally, I have like over $80 worth of parts, never mind my time that I'm going to have to throw into these three games. And I'm like, is this actually worth it? You know, I mean, obviously that was a bad day, but, um, but you know, that's just part of how it is. So um, as far as like, what does pitball actually earn is, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you. Uh, I have a number of what it makes, but if y'all was starting out, I would say ski ball. If you skip ski ball, at least in Omaha, man, missed out um four player pac-man's always good uh you know the the shooting games everybody loves a shooting game it's something you can't do at home pretty much the stuff you can't play at home if it's not on the super nintendo you gotta at least play it Mm. a couple times right Mm. good point so why skee-ball andy why why do you think it earns so much money oh uh, that's a good question um uh, and you know, I think the answer to that must lie within the fact that I still like pretty much every single day that I work, I will throw some ski ball. Why? I don't know. There's something about it that is just part of the arcade experience. Also, it uh, like it's the most inviting game for like. There are a lot of people that show up at our bar where there's like, oh, I'm too old. I don't know any of this. I'm like. You know, ski ball, and even if you don't, you're just rolling a ball into a hole. It's fun. There's something about it, and uh, the the you know, it's it's also like a really good. We keep we win uh, best first date every single year in like the best of Omaha thing, and uh, I gotta believe that is 
totally ski ball because we see people uh, playing ski ball together. All it's like the most it's common ground. Like nobody is like, well, I'm not going to play Street Fighter against you because you're a gamer, you know. But uh, if I'm not a gamer, there's still a chance I could roll my balls slightly better. That sounds weird phrasing, I guess. But you know what I mean? Yeah, that's I mean, that's totally understandable. It's it's approachable. I mean, who's really actually consistent at ski ball? Like most most people can walk up to a street fighter and you know within seconds if they play street fighter or not. But ski ball, you know, you get lucky, you get points. Um, you guys already one. talked about being being curators of the arcade and having a really unique selection. In my in my eyes, I've been to a couple dozen arcades in the last few years, and it's it's a very very unique collection of games, and I think it was a, a great collection. Um, Thank you. But I'm sure with where you guys are at, you're still on the hunt for something. So what's the holy grail? If you ran into it, doesn't matter price or anything, what would you grab to put in the arcade? And I know well, Ash is thinking now. <laughs> yeah, who's well, listening? is like price the people the that are game. listening know that I, what I know. <laughs> <I did. laughs> the, the, what I'm trying to say is that, cool, they know that, that like my offer is going to be too low. So they, uh, yeah. So. Just ignore me. I'm, I'm not. Well, so like the, the thing is price, you know, it's it. We, what you were talking about with Jersey Jack earlier, he, he's totally admitting to the fact that he is marketing primarily to the home market, which was not a thing that happened back in the day um, in the 90s. I mean, like there weren't a lot of people buying their own arcades or pinballs for their basement, but now there are. And if if there's a game that you love that you just want to play every day for the rest of time, you might pay uh, a crazy amount of money. We have expectations um, for everything that we put in the bar. I mean, like there's tons of things that we would love to put in there that are not going to earn. Uh, and, and you have to have like, you have to have a little bit, a little bit of like uh, faith that that thing is going to eventually pay for itself. So you're, a lot of these games, like the Holy Grail games, I mean, for me, like Star Wars, the arcade game from Atari would be one. Like the and, cockpit um, one? The, which one? The cockpit. Uh, well, yeah, I guess if I had to choose, totally the cockpit. Um, but, I mean, like that's something that is just never going to happen. Because, like, the amount of money that we would have to pay for that, it would take 10 years for that thing to pay for itself in quarters. And, and uh, how many times do you think it would go to the shop in that time? Probably quite a few. Um, although, I guess if price is not an option, that'd be one. And then, uh, or if price is not part of the equation, I would say that for arcades and then Circus Voltaire for pinball. Well, and if anybody wait. from Chicago Gaming Company is watching right now, we hope very much that your next remake is Circus Voltaire. <laughs> so, um, the, the the this is why Andy's such a great like uh, manager here is because he he gets what's nostalgic, what's cool, and he also gets the privy of what people play. So he you know when he's like, oh, I found this, um, well, just say Cubert uh, in Kansas City. They only want to 
thousand five hundred for it. I'm like, Andy, that will never ever take a quarter. You know this. And he's like, Yeah, but we want it, right? And I'm like, Yes, we do, <laughs> but we can't afford it. Like, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, you have to like. There's a lot on my list, but that price is huge. Yeah, your list is Qbert and Burger Time are the two. Those those are the big ones. Excuse me. We've never had Qbert. We've we've had all the important ones. We've had missile. I mean, between our two bars, Missile Command, Asteroids, Pac Man, Miss Pac Man, all the important ones. I would say the the two that we've never had that I we're always looking for, but they're always ridiculous. In price, it, Burger Time, in Gauntlet, price. Spy Hunter. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I've, be I've been to many auctions uh, where I'm like, yes, bid, bid, bid. And then I'm like, wait, all right, this is getting real expensive. Because, you know, then you got your taxes and the the, the fees and all that. The closing and, auction fees, all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, wait, who's – and then you look at who's bidding against you, and it's just some – dude that just wants it so bad for himself and i'm like this is still a business for us so i just can't like as much as like i've seen some crazy arcades that we're so small compared to like some of these places that have that kind of income and you know they're charging at the door or they got the card swipes or whatever that they can kind of just gouge and that's just not what we're about so and i don't want to change that i really don't want us to be and also like we are just too small like i would we're only we're about i think we're like 5500 square feet we need like i mean like twenty thousand square feet if we're gonna have all of that kind of cool stuff so for for every cool game that i think is great something's got to go and like yes does shinobi make quarters a lot no it does not but it's a cool game and we have it and you can play it so it's got you know we're we're, there's a little bit of that aspect that like if you really want to have the most bang in arcade you just have to have all that square footage and how you run your business is a lot different than the way we do ours Um, so unfortunately my a-list stuff is just mostly out of our price range at this point because it's i mean there's only a finite amount of games left in the world <laughs> that's just the way it is well now i feel so spoiled because we've got starcade right up i mean 20 minutes away from me and if you guys know like paradise arcade um yeah. they've got the, the star wars cockpit they've got burger time they've got cuber they've got spy Hunter, they've got like i've posted videos on tiktok of these and they just have this like ridiculous hundred plus game collection uh, we were just in Milwaukee for just like two months ago for Midwest Gaming Classic, and they bought a Cyberball just because like it was cool, and they thought they wanted. We more. want that game. I love yeah, that game. That game they is so that game. crazy. Uh, but I, 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 would, I would break. I would break some of my own rules to buy that game. I would say. <laughs> I think um, they got it for your for garage. No, for our bar. Eighteen hundred. 2000 maybe something like that. I was like, that's that, it's like right in the ballpark what, of what it usually goes. Was for. it a cocktail? No, it was the the four player stand up. Two monitors, yeah. Two monitor. monitors, yeah. Oh All right. man, yeah. So that's they, they that's gotta, a pretty good deal. They got to steal on that one. Um, let's talk yeah. indies really quick before we wrap everything up. So, Please. Killer Queen, you've got a Killer Queen. 
Um, you ran your first tournament, which I thought went super well. I mean, obviously, I wasn't behind the scenes, so I don't know all the little stuff that was happening. But from my side, run, playing in the tournament, it was super enjoyable, really fun. Um, what was it like running your first tournament? And what did you learn from that that you're going to maybe tune up or fix for this for the next one? Well, yeah. I, so that game is really – we've been trying to nurture it. Obviously, the pandemic has just thrown a wrench in everybody's game or whatever. So we only had like six months to kind of start our little small community here in Omaha. But the we were, we were well on our way. And then, I mean, it's the only game that you are like – insanely close quarters that it's not even uh, obviously it scared a lot of people away so we lost about 50 percent of our community when we were allowed to reopen and um and actually that was one of the games that we just had off for a long time so i want to start with that i'm really proud of the way that we did with our tournament considering um that that we had all of like i, I mean a really like only like nine months to rebuild it again. And um, we're lucky that Josh Eklow and some of uh, Michael Pack and some of the people that are really adamant and really, I mean, they're running the Facebook groups and the, um, the, the stuff that I just don't have time to do. And Andy doesn't have time to do um, just essentially building a community. And so because Josh Eklow is from Chicago and that's obviously where the game's from, it's a huge gun huge following um he really nailed it and put together um reaching out to you know we had people from all over the place uh minnesota arizona and texas and um i don't even know all the places I met somebody from like san fran and I, I think if i remember correctly it was like at least nine states like there was a good mix of people there yeah we had jacksonville and, too yep yeah, and so that's how cool that community is, and I am super jealous that that they have that and we don't, kind of. So in a weird way, those people are also they're so crazy good that it's like they put us to shame. But um, overall, we didn't get a lot of um, we. I don't know. We we learn as we go, and that I feel like we pulled off pretty well, and. Um, it was a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. Um, just from the streaming standpoint and all that stuff, like, you know, we're, I've, I've got my head in a pinball game or I'm, you know, replacing capacitors in the shop. I'm not streaming guy, social media guy. So um, it was a huge community effort. And I, I definitely need to throw shout outs to all the um, people that helped make that happen. But as you said, I think that we pulled it off for our first one and we learned a lot and um, we're not going to stop doing it, but <laughs> maybe once a year. <laughs> yeah. How was it from your viewpoint, Andy? Um, yeah, I, you know, honestly, for how many things go wrong um, for us on a daily basis, you know, like games crapping out in the middle of pinball tournaments, which happens all the time. Uh power outages or whatever all these like i was first of all couldn't believe that nothing really went really wrong that day also it was uh my second point was that it was a really good way to force myself to learn a little bit more about 
streaming and like uh, modern competitive gaming in esports and stuff like that. Um, and I feel like we did a good job too. It was awesome. It was really fun. And the third one was, I am nothing makes me happier than meeting um, other arcade nerds from around the country. And uh, it's always so amazing to realize that, like once you real they're just like you, you know. And so we had just a bunch of people that were just so awesome that cared so much about video games hanging out with us the entire weekend. It was a dream come true. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's I look forward so much to tournaments and conventions when we show up collect battleground because exactly like you said, like you get to meet other video game nerds in person. It's not just like yeah. talking through comments and stuff. Like yeah. you actually genuinely get to pick someone else's brain about something that they know more about than you know about. And tournament was great. First one I ever played in, had a ton of fun. If you guys do it again, we definitely want to come back down and show off the game again. Um, but I guess that's that's really everything I had for you guys. So we'll wrap it up. Let's go favorite game of all time. And then any shout outs you want to give to people in the community and social media links. Ooh, all right. Boy, Are you, can we pause it right now? Yeah, you or can take you, a second to think and we can add it. That's totally is that the favorite game of all time? That's a hard question. That's like your what's your favorite food, you know? It's like, um, boy, you know, I'm going to have to just, I'm going to regret what I say, no matter what. Is it Halo? Is it Moon Patrol? Is it Attack from Mars? I I will, but okay, so there's like so many reasons why I like a game, but most of the ones I want to give you are because of nostalgia and because of how I grew up and what we were playing, um, you know, but I will say there's, there's two games that got me hooked uh, when I was young and moon patrol. When I used to have to stay with my dad, Uh, my parents were separated and I used to have to stay with my dad in the summer and he lived in Podunk, small town, and there was this little gas station called the Short Stop. And they had corn dogs. I think they were fifty cents. You could get a corn dog, and then they had Moon Patrol. And I would steal so many quarters from my dad slowly, you know, a few, you know, maybe a buck a day, and and ride my bike down there and and play Moon Patrol. And I got pretty good at it when I was a kid. I mean, what I thought was good, I was not good. Um, and so that really kind of that, but that was, I don't even know what year that was. That, I mean, shoot. So that one has a soft spot in my heart and no one likes it. So it's fine. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my first pinball that I fell in love, that I actually learned that you could be good at pinball instead of just let it not go down. Um, there was a little convenience store near, uh, where I lived that we would ride our bikes to. And um, it happened to be roller games. There's a reason I have roller games today. And that was because I was seeking that one out because I knew it was a good game, but it also had like a soft spot because that was the one where I was like, wait, I can replay on this game, sell my replays and then (laughs) go put that, you know, or spend it or whatever. And 
that is like the only reason I'm choosing those because of the nostalgia. Are they the best games ever made? No, definitely not. Um, I mean, uh, a lot of console games I've spent way more time with, and I could that list is epic too. I don't know if I could choose that, but in the arcade, the only reason I would choose those is because I mean, you know, the 80s and 90s. That's it. I think those are good picks. Let's let's see what Andy has to say. <laughs> All right. So arcade, I am going to. I think I'm going to say something probably Galaga or Miss Pac-Man. I mean, uh, kind of lame. It's like when you ask somebody what their favorite metal band is, like you're obligated to say Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So like beyond that, um, uh, I've oh, I really love Popeye the arcade game. Um, that's a polarizing one. You hear in my collection, Kaboom for the Atari 2600 or Beat 'em and Eat 'em. Those are my two favorite carts that I play all the time. They're kind of similar games. Go ahead and Google Beat 'em and Eat 'em. Have fun with that. <laughs> well, or don't. I, I I think those are excellent games. I love Moon Patrol. I think it's a good game too. But um, I I just when it when it comes to favorite games for me too, it's always nostalgia like i am not gonna say like this is the best game because everybody loves it like the emotion that's tied to the game and the memories of the game are why they make them my favorite games for sure so um social media links for you guys i'm gonna throw them all down in the description it's beercade 2 um omaha nebraska super fun place there's not a lot to do in nebraska from what I know I'm from Minnesota, so there's not really a lot to do here. Oh, either, but, give me a minute. Uh, <laughs> I can correct that. Um, we're, right by our, ever, we're right by a beautiful zoo. Yeah, the zoo is incredible, I hear. But I, we didn't make it to it. We spent too much time at the arcade. So well, you heard correctly. I'll just say Ever that. in Nebraska and you're near Omaha, you got to go to Beer Arcade 2. Check it out. Um, and then if you like what we're doing here in the Indie Arcade Wave, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We'll just keep bringing videos for you. Keep the wave going. And until next time, peace.